Hey, this is Ryan Miller. I'm the lead pastor of Local Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope this talk encourages you, inspires you, and reminds you that there is always hope, that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. Enjoy the message. And the title of today's message is Stepping into the light. Stepping into the light. So throughout this month, we've talked about things like insecurity and and depression and anxiety and even anger issues and things like that. But today, I really wanted to give you some tools. I really wanted to give you some practical steps of how to move from the darkness into the light, how to move from here to there, and how we can see that God has completely shown us this in his word. There's going to be a lot of scriptures and stuff that we're doing today, more than that are on your note card. So we also have a really good tool for you to use throughout the week because we love bringing value to you and adding life to your week and connecting with you. Uh, what's going to, you're going to see up on the screen is a QR code uh, where you can scan this QR code or you can search the app store. We actually have a local church app. Yeah, we are the real deal. Uh, but what's great about it is each week it has the message notes on it. And you can download this or you can just go search local church on the version Bible app. You can click the link in our Instagram bio. But I'd love for you to follow along today in some sort of Bible handout that you have, but also through your notes. And let's jump right into this. Check this out. Psalm chapter 118, verse 5, it says this, In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me, say it with me, and set me free. All right, let's try that again, everybody. I am a pastor, communicator that enjoys a good amen, a good conversation element, a good shout down. So here's what it is. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. There it is. Now we're ready to go. I want you to know today that when you pray, when you cry out to God, he answers you. And not only does he answer you, he sets you free. Man, I'm so thankful to know that there's a God who is so connective to us and so close to us that he hears our prayers. I want you to know today we've ushered in the presence of God in our worship. So hear this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, where the spirit of the Lord is, say it with me, there is freedom. Come on, Braveheart, as I said last week. There is freedom in this place today because God is here. Really, when it comes to this idea of stepping out of darkness and into light, I think it really is a blessing of being a part of the family of God. It's a blessing of realizing that we have a Savior in our life whose name is Jesus, that we actually approach life differently. We don't have to react to situations in the world like everyone else. We don't have to be influenced by the stressful or anxious things that may happen in in our life. Not saying that pain isn't real because it's very real. But see, we don't have to go through that pain alone. We have a friend that sticks closer than a brother and his name is Jesus. We have power that is available to us at any moment simply by speaking the name of Jesus over our problems, over our situations, over our feelings and emotions. And that name is stronger than any battle we could ever face. We can clap our hands and be thankful for that today. It's funny, I actually just realized this, that people, 
especially when you're a pastor, think you just have things about you that set you apart, right? My wife, Adrian and I, we just experienced this just yesterday. Uh, we were up at a wedding of an amazing couple from our church up in St. Augustine, and, and we were staying at a really nice bed and breakfast downtown. First, if you ever stayed at a bed and breakfast, it's a little weird. Like, I've never stayed in one before, but a bed and breakfast is like you're staying at someone's house with people you don't know. So it's kind of like, oh, there's like someone sitting out, right outside my bedroom door, and I have no idea who they are. It's just, there's like creaky noises of people People walking around and all this stuff. And one of the things we heard about the bed and breakfast in the morning, on the morning we were leaving, is that the owner was telling us, now who knows if it's true, but you know, you begin to lean into these things. He was like, yeah, this house is haunted. I'm like, I don't believe in that stuff, sir, okay? So leave me alone, all right? But he started talking to some of the people and some of the people started to lean into it and, and, they, and they followed along with this story, realizing that the bed and breakfast is a little haunted because it turns out someone was killed in the house a hundred years ago. And I'm now, okay, now my interest is peaked. I'm like, okay, that's a little dark. That's a little evil. So let's keep listening, right? And they said, yeah, it happened in one of the very rooms here in the bed and breakfast. And I was like, which room? <laughs> and they were talking and they were like, it was the it was room 10. And Adrian's like like over her breakfast, just kind of nonchalant, like, oh, that's our room. And I was like, what? That, that that's our room? Wait a minute now. This is this is a little different now. It's getting close to home. And literally, the person who made the reservation for us, well, they said, Well, we knew you were the pastor, the officiant of the wedding. So if anyone was gonna be okay in that room, it'd probably be the pastor. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm not afraid at all, right? I go with God, in the name of Jesus, evil bows before me, right? But it is funny how people see us, even in a, in a follower of Jesus' realm, that, hey, there's some, there should be something different about us, that we shouldn't be in fear. We shouldn't be walking in fear. We don't have to walk carrying some of these heavy burdens. Let me give you a quick recap of last week, and we'll really jump into the heart of this. Last week, I gave you six different things of how we can end up in darkness, how we can end up in depression and in this defeated state. And we took it, took it from the story of Elijah from 1 Kings chapter uh, 19, verse 1 through 4. So here's the verse, and here's the six things I wanted to give you. You can fill in the blanks really quick. It says this, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Elijah just got a message from the king and queen who hated him, that the queen was trying to kill him. She was going to send people to destroy his life. And right after one of the most incredible victories in the Bible, Elijah ran because he was afraid of a lie from someone who was not God. It's very important to hear that, that we believe lies from someone who does not compare to what God says, and we run and we're afraid for our life. When he came to Beersheba, we'll come back to that place in a second, in Judah, he left his servant there, and while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom brush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. Maybe you've prayed this prayer before. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. So what we see Elijah do just in this short passage of scripture is he ends up in a dark place. And here's how. Number one is life imbalances. After a tremendous victory that took a lot of energy out of him, after the king and queen announcing they're going to try and kill him, he runs into the woods on an entire day's journey. Life imbalances mean our life is out of whack. We're too stressful. We're doing too much stuff. We don't slow down. We don't rest. That actually, even more so than chemical imbalance, is our life imbalance is contributing to this place of darkness. Number two is comparing ourselves with others. Look at the last line. 
Take my life, I'm no better than my ancestors. I'm no better than the generations, God, that have come before me, that have turned their back on you, that have messed up. Just kill me here in this place, because I am not a good person. You ever thought that when you see social media? You ever thought that when you hear how someone else is doing? You even ever thought that in church, where it seems like someone else, everything is going great, God's answering all those prayers. But I must not be of value to God because it doesn't seem like comparing ourselves with others leads to a dark place. Third thing is ruminating and self-talk. I've had enough, Lord. Pray that he even might die. Ruminating is this clinical term they use for us when we when our self-talk gets really bad. It's talking about a cow who chews grass, swallows it, throws it up, chews it again, swallows it, throws it up, chews it again. Yes, that's gross. And it doesn't come back up good. It's even more toxic, even more ta like bad taste. And it's the same thing with our thoughts and things that people have said over us. If we speak to ourselves as if we hate ourselves, man, we're hating a creation of God. We're hating a son of daughter, a son and daughter of God that He is proud of. The fourth, th the fourth thing is inability to process pain in a healthy way. Life is pain. We gotta learn how to process it. Fifth thing is isolation and loneliness. And the sixth thing that we're really gonna lean into today is spiritual warfare. It's the main thing the church offers that no other clinic, psychologist, or prescription can offer you. It cannot offer you victory in the spiritual. I'm not saying all those things are bad. We need those things. But at the deep root of this is an enemy who's trying to destroy your life. And you need to know that you have victory in Jesus' name over those things. That you need to know that Jesus conquered sin and death and every battle that you may face, even though you gotta go through the battle, victory is on the other side. So it's not even really warfare. It's just walking with victory, walking through the battlefield, knowing that we don't walk alone. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's jump right into this because I am pumped for the message today. God, I'm so thankful for every person here. God, you love them, you believe in them, and you want freedom in their life. You want healing in their life. So today, God, we're making that one decision to step into the light out of the darkness, to step into healing, to step into freedom and forgiveness, but most importantly, to step deeper into our relationship with you where we know we're not alone. God, be with us today. Be with all our kids next door and local kids. God, help them know that, God, you love them, you care for them, and Jesus is their very best friend, even at this young age. And, God, we cannot wait for our conversation today. Help us simply lean in and listen and write some things down today. And, Lord, we're praying this week the Lightning are going to finish off those Florida Panthers in the playoffs. In Jesus' name, we all say and agree. Amen. Come on, let's clap our hands. Good game yesterday. Woo, big score, a lot of goals. I do pray for the lightning a lot in Tampa sports if it's your first time, uh, because like I said before, I believe God answers prayer. And it's just really worked this whole last calendar year. So keep coming. The power of God is on this on the side of this church, all right? <laughs> but like I said, we're gonna continue with Elijah's story today. And we're gonna lean into what happens after these moments. We're gonna lean into how God is really patient with Elijah, which I really think is important for us to know is that I want you to know today God's not, all right, get fixed today. You better figure out all your stuff today. No, he's very patient with you. What we're gonna talk about is five things that we can step into, how if we follow these five things, I truly believe that you're gonna step in to the light in an amazing way. I truly, believe, I truly believe God is going to show up in your life this morning. So let's continue with this story. First Kings chapter 19, verse 5. It's going to be on the screen or on your app as you follow along. It says this, Then Elijah lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. 
Verse 7, then the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. Would you underline that phrase? Oh, you can't underline the phrase, but think about that phrase. I usually say that, but it's not on your notes. So just think about it. Uh, for the journey is too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank. And strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. So we're going to keep going in the story in just a second. But here's what we see. Elijah is praying that he wants to die, and here is in that moment what happens. God doesn't look at Elijah and say, how dare you pray that? I've got a lot to do in your life. How dare you not believe me in this moment? What is the first thing that God does in Elijah's desperation and his crying out to God? He provides a physical need for Elijah. He knew that he had walked through this wilderness all day, had laid under this bush, and was probably hungry, was probably thirsty. And God says, hey, let me meet some of your physical needs first. I want you to know today that that's the power of the presence of God in our life. That's really what I believe Sundays are about. I'm leaning into a little bit more the importance of Sunday community. It's the first day of the week for a reason, because we need some of our physical needs satisfied. We can come in and be encouraged, where we can, like we say all the time here, that we don't ask anything from you but everything for you, where you can find physical needs met, where God wants to breathe strength back into your body. He wants to let you know who you are and who you were created to be. So what we see in Elijah's story is he gets up and there's food. Now, I love that. I love that the first answer is eat. You're not feeling good, eat. I'm like, okay, that's good advice. That's a good word. I'll tell you what, after Sundays, after pouring ourselves out all morning, first thing I want to do is Uber Eats and eat. When I get home, right, I got my little places. I'm like, all right, what day is it today? All right, it might be a both day today. So come on, let's go. And then after that, it's nap time. Uh, it's nap time, and it may last a really long time. Who knows? It may, yes, and my wife said amen. It may last a really long time until my wife kicks me and says, hey, you've been sleeping too long. Let's go. But then I wake up, eat some more, and might take a little power nap for another 30 minutes on the couch, right? Because that's what we need sometimes when we are burnt out, when we feel stress, when we feel like we've poured ourselves out. The first one is this, is to step into a needed recovery. Would you write that down for me? To step into a needed recovery. God knew that he could not do anything in Elijah's life until he provided a way for Elijah to recover. I've seen it in, in medical stories where someone has been up for some sort of transplant that they need. I was actually reading a story about a person who needed a kidney transplant, and they had waited years for their kidney transplant. And they finally got on the list and they were able to go up to the Mayo Clinic and they were finally able to get ready for surgery and they're going through all these tests, hours and hours of tests. And the lead doctor came in at the very end and said, hey, we can't do this surgery yet because your body is too sick to receive this new healthy thing. Isn't that interesting that sometimes God is speaking healthy, life-giving things to us, but our posture, maybe even our physical state is not in a healthy place where we can receive it. Because sometimes our mind reacts and, well, I don't need that, or I don't agree with that. Let me tell you, God is probably going to tell you some things in your relationship with him that you don't agree with, but you just got to trust, that are for your recovery, not for you to follow a bunch of rules. So step into that today, because God wants you to recover. God wants you fed. He wants you to take a nap. He wants you to rest in his presence so that you can be recovered. I've been listening to a worship song a lot over the last couple of weeks. If you haven't listened to the album Old Church Basement by Elevation Worship, 
worship. Man, go listen to it today on your drive home. But there's this song called Used to This that is on that album that talks about that if this is a glimpse of heaven, like what we experience in worship on Sunday mornings, what we experience in our personal relationship with God, if this is a glimpse of heaven, then I could get used to this. It talks about if this is the fragrance of God's presence, then I could get used to this. What I wanted to speak over you today is that if this is what it's like to walk with God and step into the light, where yes, I'm gonna walk through pain, where yes, I may, I may battle with some mental health things in my life, but I can walk with strength and forgiveness and freedom and walk with someone right alongside me, man, I could get used to this because I'm tired of living life alone. I'm tired of trying to figure these, figuring these things out myself. See, I want to give you permission today to recover, to slow down, to take ownership of your life. I read this quote. I wanted to share it with you today. If I don't prioritize my life, somebody else will. If I don't prioritize my life, my boss sure will. If I don't prioritize my life, social media sure will. If I don't prioritize my life, unhealthy habits and unhealthy tendencies or the enemy in our life will. Now, I'm not saying you got to be some selfish person to say, hey, it's me time, all right? Leave me alone. I'm not saying that healthy me time is good, but there is some things about prioritizing our life because we've, we've been called to steward this life first and foremost. And God wants to help you and lean in your life and heal your life. Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17, it says this, for I will restore health to you, and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord. One of the best ways we can prioritize our life is realize where we've been wounded. You might not have been wounded in life like I've been wounded, and you're wanting the same healing I've received, but healing for my wounds won't help your wounds, right? We have to treat these things specifically, and that's what God wants to do. So today, prioritize the recovery of your life. Saying, God, here's where I feel weak. Here's where I feel wounded. Would you heal me? Would you help me? Would you be there for me? And what I love about it is Elijah didn't have to wake up and make anything. It was prepared and ready to go. I want you to know today, because again, what we celebrated already, what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, everything that you need is already available to you. We just have to simply receive it and be patient enough to step in to that needed recovery. Amen today? Amen. All right, let's go into number two. Number two is step into a God encounter. Man, I know in my life, I've seen that a moment with God can change everything. I know that my battles, my situations, my emotions, my feelings, my hurts, my wounds, man, in a moment with God, they can't stand because God truly is powerful. In chapter 19, verse 11 through 13, here's what it says. It says, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I love this because God tells Elijah, hey, the presence of the Lord is going to pass by. And Elijah walks out of the cave that he's sleeping in slash hiding in. And all these amazing natural things happen from wind to fire to an earthquake, but God is not in any of it because God cares about the still, small voice in your life because he knows it's the still, small voice that is always there for you. He, know, it, he knows it is the still, small voice that truly 
carries power. See, what happens with Elijah is the same thing that I believe happens with us sometimes, is that we look for the dynamic, but God a lot of times is in the intimate. And and what does intimacy really mean? If you've ever gone to marriage counseling, it means into me you see. What it is, God is asking these moments where, yeah, dynamic, powerful moments of worship are incredible. My life's been changed in moments like that, and so is Adrian's life. It's why we do it on Sunday mornings, because it puts our heart and spirit and soul in a posture to receive from God. But here's the thing. We can be encouraged. We, we can be inspired in these moments. But I promise you, it's in those intimate moments with just you and God where he begins to bring healing to you, where he begins to work out the issues that you've carried, where he begins to truly bring healing into your soul and spirit in those intimate moments where you truly let God into me, God, you can see everything. It's so key. It's so powerful. I, want, I like giving you practical things, all right? So like I said, I've been leaning into a lot of worship recently. Another thing I've been leaning into is this thing called the Faithful app. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's really great. It's called the Faithful app. I have a picture of it right there. I would encourage you to download this app, and here's why. Because what it is, is it's just two to three minutes of amazing communicators and teachers teaching on a scripture. I don't know about you, if you don't have two to three free minutes in your day, you need to slow down, and that's another conversation. You need to get some margin and Sabbath space in your day. But I love putting one of these on, you know, on a podcast type thing when I'm driving or just when I have a free moment, just to get a few minutes where I can have a God encounter, just me and him, where I can realize God's speaking to me through his word, where I can realize, man, I can be encouraged by what I'm reading today. And really what I'm talking about with these moving from the dynamic to the intimate is the power of worship in our life. Look what it says in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. I want you to know the presence of God is omnipresent, which means it goes with you wherever you go. Now, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, sometimes when it comes to my emotions and mental health that I have, I do have some things that I struggle with. Like the first thing we talked about, insecurity. That's been a struggle for me for a long time. But i got to be honest, it's something that I don't deal with all the time. It's not something I'm always worried about. And I believe because this is a decision I made way back when, when I was 17 or 18 years old, where I decided that not 50-50, not 70-30, but like 95-5%, 95% of what I listened to was always going to be worship music. Like that's always what is on my Spotify list, is worship music. Even at the gym, right, when I'm lifting weights, it's passionate worship music. And I may, I may catch myself singing out loud, and the guy next to me is like, yo, what are you doing, man? I'm like, I'm worshiping, bro, you're invited, let's go. But here's the thing, it's because because it's so powerful in those moments. It truly is something. I'm not saying, hey, look at me. I'm saying, hey, here's a practice I've made, and I haven't seen me struggle with a lot of these things because God's presence is always being sung over my life. Build some worship playlists. Get some God encounters going on in your life. Before we go into, into number three, I needed to do this even last night. I get to share with you a crazy story. Or maybe it's just funny, and I can share with you how goofy I am sometimes. So last night, I just wanted to watch like a movie to kind of like disconnect and rest for the morning. And, and I found this movie on, on one of the streaming sites that we have, and it was all about like a natural disaster movie, right? It was all about like a comet's headed toward the Earth, and an asteroid from the comet's going to hit the Earth, right? I've seen these before. I'm like, this is cool. And it was about a dad trying to save his family. I'm like, okay, I'm a dad. I, 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 this is how I would like to act, the hero in this situation. But very quickly in this movie, did my emotional state go completely haywire? And here's why. Because when they talk about the asteroid hitting the earth, do you know where it hits? 
Tampa. Like they literally show a video of Tampa's skyline and this asteroid coming. I even see my house, I think, on like the big map that they post and it just gets blown up, obliterated. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I started like freaking out in our little room in my house. I'm like, is there any, do I need to go look outside? Do we need to get in the car and go? And I really did start to panic a little bit about what would I do in a situation like that? Nothing, because I'd be gone. But in that moment, I just got to be honest with you. I like, I I finished the movie because I had to see if it ended okay, because we were already dead. Tampa, we were out, so it didn't really matter. Uh, But I had to finish the movie. And afterwards, I was like, okay, I got to put on some worship music a little bit. I got to get back in a good state of mind, because I'm not going to bed right now. I'm going to be staring out the window all night, right? It's the power of a God encounter. Number three is you got to step into your true identity. And I'm I'm not saying a new identity. I'm saying a true identity. Because whatever identity you've been carrying for all the years you've been on this earth does not negate and does not deny who God created you to be at the very beginning of when he breathed life into you, even when you were a young little baby. Your true identity is son and daughter of God. Your true identity is of worth and value so much so that the son of God gave his life for you. That's your true identity. So don't believe any other lies. How did Elijah get where he's at? Because he believed a lie of someone who was not God. Stop believing lies of names and labels that other people have given you that is not God. Stop believing things that you've written on your heart and on your soul that are not things God has said about you. Your true identity is son, daughter, forgiven, set free, and God is on your side. Jesus sticks close to you, and man, that is your identity today. It's true, it's real, and it's who you are. Turn to the person next to you and tell them, hey, your identity is in the family of God. You're a part of this family. Mean it and step into it. Really fun little example. I've been trying to, uh, been trying to eat a little healthier around the house. And uh, one of the things I love eating when I'm eating healthier, if they're in the house, is these guys right here. Um, yeah, uh, I love Oreos. I mean, if they're in there, like I'm taking them out one sleeve at a time, right? And what I've learned about Oreos recently is they've started to add like little flavors to them, right? Like adding little things about them. Like, uh, have you guys ever had the the peanut butter Oreos? Oh man, super good. Tastes just like peanut butter. It's awesome. I had these, is this going to sound gross? I had these a couple weeks ago, but they've got carrot cake Oreos. Tastes exactly, it tastes exactly like carrot cake. I can't believe it. It's amazing. They've got, they even got cardboard flavored. Uh, yeah, they got cardboard flavored ones for those out there. Um, but you can get those Oreos off there. You can go back to step into true identity. Here's why I wanted to share that is because when I see those things, I'm like, there's no way this Oreo is going to taste like carrot cake, maybe a little bit. But I eat that cookie. I'm like, I am eating a piece of carrot cake right now. And what I want you to know is that, again, the scripture that God has written about you, you look at it and you're like, that's not me. No, I don't think so. And then you begin to simply take God at his word. You simply begin to say, you know what, God, if you say it, I'm going to believe it. And wow, that really does taste like what you said I am, God. You re- that really does feel, I'm beginning to understand that is who I am, God. That I am forgiven and set free. That I am your son. That I am your daughter. That I don't have to carry these things anymore. That I do have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That I can actually step in to the light today. Number four. The fourth one is this, and probably the most important in all honesty is to step into a new assignment. 
If I were to tell you one thing to do today, it'd be this. And we see in verse 19, one of the most amazing things of Elijah's life. And Elijah's life and influence here on earth is coming to an end. If we have the verse, we can throw it up there, otherwise I know it. Verse 19, it, it talks about how Elijah begins to go find the next guy he is going to pour himself into. The guy he's gonna bring alongside himself. And in, 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 Eli, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, it says that Elijah, it's kind of confusing, but Elijah finds Elisha. And he was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair and Elijah went up and threw his cloak around him. Elijah knew that his new assignment wasn't to perform all these miracles anymore. It wasn't to be this great prophet. His new assignment was to train up the next great prophet. See, Elijah wasn't called to go back to do what he had always done. His call was to go to something new. And some of us might be finding frustration because we're trying to go back to something that God is trying to lead us out of as he's leading us into something new. And the new assignment was, you're gonna pour yourself into Elisha. You're gonna teach him how you follow God, how you speak on God's behalf, how you walk strong and, and perform incredible, amazing miracles. And he's gonna take your cloak. And that cloak was a symbol of authority and power from God. Step into a new assignment today. Here's what I want you to know this morning. I've been, I've been talking a lot about, uh, number one, the importance of vision in our church. In Proverbs chapter 19, 29, it says, where there's no vision, people perish. When you don't have a vision for your life, you're gonna perish. When you don't have a vision that things can get better, you're going to perish. We don't have a vision that tomorrow could be better than today, we're gonna perish. We have big vision for our church, right? We know that we're just a 20-month-old baby right now and we're still moving forward, but man, the people that are a part of our church are second to none and we're taking ground and we're impacting people with the hope of Jesus. Yeah, we've got the year's plan of campuses all around the Tampa Bay area, reaching hundreds and thousands of people, but right now, our vision is to impact what we can do today, feeding people, giving people free laundry, baptizing people, giving them a God encounter on Sunday mornings where they can meet the God that has forgiven us and set us free. We have vision here. We're not just doing this thing. This is a get to, not a have to. And we believe there is more ahead. We're going to celebrate with a vision Sunday just in a few months in the fall where we talk about how we're taking more ground all over the world, how we're impacting more people, feeding more families, bringing honor and dignity all over our community because we, we have vision of what God can do. You can be a part of a new assignment today. See, when we talk about growth track, that's not just an announcement. That's your opportunity to step into a new assignment. There's a story of a guy here at our church where during quarantine, he lost his job and was feeling so hopeless, feeling so void of purpose. And he came to growth track, step one, step two, today's step two, which is all about your purpose. And he found his purpose again. And man, he walks into this place with joy and excitement. And he's been such a blessing to our team. And God is moving in his life simply because he stepped in to a new assignment, realizing that building the house of God is second to none. This quote from an author I've been talking about a lot, Viktor Frankl, says this, people have enough to live by, but nothing to live for. They have the means, but no meaning. And when you get a part of what God is doing through the Capital C Church, whether it's at local, at any of the other great churches in our city, you realize you have something to live for. That means you know you have meaning in your life. Step into a new assignment today. God will show you the direction. He may not show you step 99 and 100, but he'll show you step one. He'll show you step one. And it might be 
go to growth track today. Who knows? Who knows? But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul encourages with this. This we're going to close with. It's why we never give up. I think that's on your card. Underline that. That is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. Please don't give up. Step into a needed recovery. Step into a God encounter. Step into your true identity. Step into a new assignment. And the last one is this. Step into relational strength. One of the things that we see in verse 19 is not only Elijah saying, hey, Elisha, you're going to walk with me. He's also saying this, Elisha, I tried to do this alone. And it led me to crying out to God under a tree that I might die. I'm never going to do this alone again. Stop trying to do your life alone. Step into healthy relationships, which you can find right here, and step into relational strength. This last quote I want to give you is, look closely at your closest associations in your life, for that is the direction you are heading. If you're always around people who complain, your future is complaining. <laughs> if you're always around people who have a negative outlook on life, your future is a negative outlook on life. If we're always around people who drag us down or speak the past over us, if we're always around people who don't believe necessarily the same things we believe in, our direction we're heading is away from God and into the darkness. Now we gotta have people, we have to have friends who don't believe what we believe because otherwise who are we reaching? It's important to have our closest associations with people who believe and are aligned with where we're going so we can be strengthened together. I want you to be headed in the direction of light. And your closest association, your friend that sticks closer than a brother, is Jesus, who makes all this possible. I gave you that there's this little thing on your chair when you got here today. Just a cool little flashlight. I like cool little things like this. But I wanted to give it to you today, not as just like a little trinket, but really as a reminder as you put it on your keychain or somewhere where you see it. And when you're dealing with those dark issues again, when you're dealing with those mental health issues, remember, you know what? The light, of, the light of the world is inside me. And it's not like something I have to go find. It's right here. And it's one of those things where it's not, I just got to press it and it turns on. It's that there's actually a switch that keeps it on all the time. And that this light, even though it's small, I know that it represents the power of Jesus in my life. That there's no darkness that can stand against it. That there's no sickness that can stand against it. There is nothing that can stand against that outshines the light of the world, the light of Jesus that is shining out from inside me. Jesus himself said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Stop hiding who you are and realize you are forgiven. You are set free. You are a light to this world. You have have a true identity, a new assignment, a God encounter that's changed your life, and Jesus is with you. Take this with you. Remember what it symbolizes, and it's as easy as that intimate moment. Jesus, I need you right now. I mean, he's going to shine out all that stuff. He's going to give you that needed recovery, and he's going to be there for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me as we finish today? Thank you so much for joining us on The Local Podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your heart. Let Jesus do the deep work that only He can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to local church. Your generosity makes this podcast possible and creates life change for so many people. You can be a part of spreading this message by going to local.church/give. 
You can also subscribe, rate, and share this message with your family and friends. Thanks again for listening. God bless you. Have a great day.